inspiring healthy living. After facing family health challenges and seeing how natural solutions transformed our lives, we are determined to help other mamas thrive, not just survive. What if feeling awesome every day is possible for you and your family? Come along with us on our natural journey. Hi. Do, do I? I'm Robin. Oh, my word. Oh, Lord. What are you doing? Oh, stop hey, doing. Yeah, I added it out. Okay. Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Julie. Welcome to our podcast number 19. Great. Healthy Mama's Time. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that 19 is a prime number. It's not really that fun. Right. I don't really We got like nothing it. to say about 19. But we can say we've accomplished 19 episodes. I know, right? That's really good. So today we have an amazing guest. Our friend Kate, we're going to talk about her healing story and how she empowered herself <clears throat> to get healthy. So why don't we just start that? Yeah. Okay. Well, can we say how we met her? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, this is very exciting. So uh, Robin and I have gone uh, through, well, yeah, we, we're, yeah, we're certified in quantum uh, nutrition testing. And so we are certified up to level two. Um, and we were able to meet Kate. When did we meet you? Two, one, level one, level one, level one. Okay, yeah. And here in, here in Florida, and, um, you can hear about her practice and everything during the interview, but, um, it was just so great to, uh, be with other, uh, practitioners and people who just want to help genuinely help other people and are doing the stuff that it takes to, um, to make that happen. Uh, so we're super excited. You're an amazing person with an amazing story. We're blessed to know you and, um, you're not even here in Florida, so you can talk about where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. I'm, I'm so grateful that we met too. I thought it was really cool to connect with lots of other practitioners, like you said, and my story is not that unsimilar to yours in that I got into this because I had my own healing journey that I needed to go through. I was diagnosed with MS in 2005 and I was 22 years old. I was young and healthy, I thought at the time. And I woke up one morning and my entire right side was numb. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But I just thought nothing of it. But at the end of the week, I realized it's not going away. It was still numb. And so I went to the doctor and I know a lot of people that when they're dealing with chronic health issues, especially things like MS or anything autoimmune, it can take a really long time before the doctors will find out what's going on or before they will come up with a diagnosis for you. And in that sense, my experience was different. I spent three days in the hospital. Um, I was frustrated. I was like, why am I here? Why are you keeping me here? Why are you doing all these tests? And all I kept hearing from the doctors was like stroke, 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 stroke because of the numbness that I was feeling. And on day three that I was there, a doctor that I had never seen before walked into the my hotel, uh, hotel room, hospital room <laughs> and said, hi, I'm Dr. Whatever. I don't remember what his name was. Uh, I'm diagnosing you with multiple sclerosis get dressed and you can go. And that was it. Oh, there was no, do you have any questions? There was no, is there someone you want to call? I was by myself in oh. this hospital room. How old and were you, Kate? 22. 
Oh my goodness. And just so everybody knows who's listening and watching, um, Kate lives in Canada. Yep. Right. So I don't know if the hospital experience would be any different here, but still doesn't mm -hmm. excuse that experience. Mm -hmm. So scary to be there. I can't I, imagine. I just, you're such a warrior, but, yeah. um, your warrior-ness is just like a whole new level. Okay, go ahead. But it was such a shock. Like, I don't, I don't remember. I think I sat there and just stared for a bit. I, I'd heard the term multiple sclerosis, but I didn't know anything about it. And this doctor didn't give me any support. He just said, you know, I made an appointment for you at the clinic down the street. You can go there now. And I walked into this clinic and everyone in there was in a wheelchair. Oh my goodness. There was shock number two, right? Yes. And it was just such a traumatic experience. And I remember I went home and I had a little pity party for myself and sat there for a couple of days and, and didn't know what that meant for my life moving forward. Didn't know if I was going to be able to do any of the things I wanted to do or how I was going to continue to function. These people were all in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a future like that. And I had this moment where I realized that that moment that the doctor came in and said to me, I'm diagnosing you with multiple sclerosis. He didn't hand me the condition. And that can be a really big eye opener for people to realize the moment you get that diagnosis is not the moment that you got the illness. Mm -hmm. It's just the moment that you understood about it and you knew wow. it was in your body. That's a really great point. Mm -hmm. right. I've never thought about it like that, but it's, it's really important when you're talking about healing in general, because mm -hmm. people want to get healed immediately and you didn't get that disease or issue or imbalance overnight mm -hmm. to your no. point, Kate, mm -hmm. you, it took years and years and years. Right. So, wow. Thank, thank you for saying it like that. That makes a lot of sense. That's a big one that I usually like to share with people, especially someone who's been recently diagnosed with something because it can be a slap in the face, mm -hmm. right? It's this feeling of like, oh, wow, my life is different from this point forward. And it's like, but it's not from that point forward. Now you just have an awareness and now you can pay attention and do things differently and start looking for other options. Mm -hmm. The moment that the doctor gives you, they don't give you options though. That's one of the biggest frustrations that I have with a diagnosis that's something that's not curable or something that's not considered reversible is that, okay, I have this diagnosis, now what do I do with it? How do I move forward from here? And that was never offered. No, nothing. So when you went to that clinic, they didn't offer that to you either? They said, uh, you, there's medication that you can go on. That was That's the it. only thing she said to me. And I was the kind of person that like, I didn't even like taking Advil if I had a headache. So I didn't want to go on medication. Also medication meant injecting myself every day for the rest of my life. Wow. That was That's, the only, wow. Yeah. There's only one choice. At the time there was, there was only okay. uh, IV was the only, not IV, sorry. Injectables was the only option at the time. And yeah, to think like this isn't just I'll take this for a week and then things will be better. This was I'm going to I'm going to accept this and this is going to be for the rest of my life. And they're really expensive, too. Wow. I had like known that I had MS for like two hours 
And now I'm being told you're going to have to inject yourself for the rest of your life. Mm. So the starting was traumatic of the MS journey for sure. Mm -hmm. And it took me a couple of years to figure out that there were other options, right? This was 2005. In 2006 or seven, my memory is not great at that time. That's one of the side effects or one of the symptoms, I guess, that was a big frustration for me was the cognitive side of things. And I, after a few years, my relapses were getting to the point where they were every six months. And the symptoms were so bad on, at the relapses that I couldn't function normally in daily life like I wanted to. And so I gave in and I, I accepted the medication. And I did that. I took the injections every day for years. And what they don't tell you or they didn't tell me at the time was that there are side effects from every medication that you take. Right. Right. And when the side effects actually end up being worse than what you were dealing with to begin with, that's a moment of choice and decision for people. Right. So when you were going through this, not one professional said you can look at, there's other ways to heal yourself, or maybe you should look at eating a certain way. Like there were no other pointers. It was just like, you have this and you need to take this medication. Exactly. Exactly. I found nutrition for myself. I had a point where I thought, okay, so I need to start doing something to help me get better. And so I used to raise money for the MS society like crazy. I did all of the walks. Uh, I did some MS bike rides. I did all kinds of things to raise money. And I went to a friend one day and said, I'm doing this MS bike ride. Will you sponsor me? And she's, this is my best friend at the time. And she said, I love you. I will absolutely sponsor you, but you know, they're never going to come up with a cure, right? Mm. Ooh, that was so hard to hear, but it was exactly what I needed. Wow. Because although it was like a punch in the gut at the time, and I was mad at her for a little bit, I went home and I was like, how could you say that to me? That's so horrible. Like, and you say you're my friend, but I started to open my eyes to the fact that I'd been waiting all these years for a knight in shining armor to come and rescue me to Mm -hmm. save me from the stuff I was dealing with. And what I needed to start doing was take responsibility for it and start doing things for me. Wow. Good for her. Because I think that, you know, socially we are Mm -hmm. brought up to accept these diagnoses and, Mm -hmm. and, and we really believe that these organizations are here, Mm -hmm. are are here to heal us. Like, Mm -hmm. and I could name, all the other ones, just like the MS one that people give a lot, a lot of money to that are probably similar, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, and people really think that they're going to help them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, That's amazing that I love how you, your response was that, um, you know, you now know or have an awareness that there's not going to be this knight in shining armor coming Mm -hmm you know, to bring a cure. Um, so do you think like this whole time you were like, maybe it's going to come, you know, maybe there's something on the brink of whatever. And, and I'm just going to wait until that comes. Were you kind of yeah. in that mindset? 
Okay. I was always researching and looking and I was like, they're going to find a cure. They're going to find a cure. I'm going to help them find a cure by providing money to the societies and making sure I do my part because that's what we're conditioned to think we need to do. Right. Yeah. Fighting for better health or whatever we think is like giving money to these organizations, but that's wasn't coming. And when I had that moment of realizing this is not the answer, I need to start looking for better things. It's a shift in perspective. And when you can change the mindset and open your eyes to different things, I had probably heard that nutrition was an option or that nutrition was helping people before, but I wasn't, I didn't have the awareness to really see it and really feel it. And a few weeks after my friend had said that to me, I saw the Dr. Terry Walls video. Oh, that video is so good. And she talks about how like she was in a worse condition with MS than I was. And she talked about how switching her diet fixed things for her. It was the first step towards reversing her symptoms. And I was like, wait, what? I can change my food and that'll make a difference. And I had the mental space to be able to receive that at the That's time. Awesome. Can I pause you right there for a second? Yeah. I really want people to understand. Um, this video they can probably google it. it's probably on youtube i know it there's is. a book about it and th this doctor i mean she was actually in a zero gravity she was on all kinds of medications mm -hmm. and she ended up being in a zero gravity chair she had tried so many things and she's like this is not working mm -hmm. and that's when she went to changing her diet and it is incredible like she rides her bike now right kate yeah yeah. She, I mean, she does all kinds of things now. She speaks on stages, uh, all kinds of things that she had been told previously she wouldn't do. Like, I remember my doctor had said to me, you're going to be in a wheelchair one day and you won't be able to walk. I mean, I went through a phase where my symptoms were getting to the point where I couldn't walk without assistance at times. And that's what the doctor had said. We're going to have to start talking about a wheelchair soon. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I wasn't even 30 yet. Mm. And they're telling me this already. And so, yeah, when I saw Dr. Terry Wells video, okay, her diet is extreme. I will tell you that. Yes. It was scary. The it mind your gross. mitochondria video is the one that I'm talking about. Say it again. Cause I was minding your mitochondria. Okay. I'll send you the link. Great. And, uh, she it's, it's intense. And so I was like, okay, I don't know if I can do all of that, but what if I can do something? Will that help me move forward? Ooh, nice, Kate. Love it. No. And I do love what you had said. There's so many good nuggets. It was crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, that you had the mental space to receive receive yeah. that. Um, because I think so many times um we kind of give up on people. We're like, gosh, we've told them like 10 times or 50 times. Um, but sometimes they're in different places on their journey. And for this is a reminder for everyone to not give up. If you really care about someone, you will continually try and bring them along and just um, because there might be a right time to receive that. So, yeah, exactly. And I mean, we all go through that. I went through the phase where it was like, you know, I don't have the energy to do something different and i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and when you're mm -hmm. stuck in that place the thought of trying something new can be overwhelming but that's where it's like like i said try what's one thing you can change 
If you can focus on making one change in your diet, in your lifestyle, in the things that you're doing every day, in the toxins that you're putting into your body, what if one change could start help you move in the right direction? Wouldn't that be worth it? Right? Yeah. Like ultimately, I've reversed everything for myself in terms of symptoms. I've been living medication free since 2016 with no symptoms at all and feel completely normal. Normal. <laughs> well, let's back up because I want to talk about how you did that. But I also want to comment just really quickly about, you know, Julie and I talk a lot about picking one thing, mastering mm -hmm. it, and moving on to the next thing. And mm -hmm. my first change is peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really important because it is so overwhelming to people. Like, what do I do? And there's so many choices. Right. Right. And yeah. so it's a great, it's you, it, it really is important just to pick one thing, even right. though there could be 20 things. Right. And was yeah. there anyone holding you accountable or was this just all on your own? Like, I'm going to do this and this is, I'm going to put together my own protocol and regimen. Um, I was in, there was no one holding me accountable. I was in a time where there were other things going in my, on in my life that weren't great. And I was like, if I can make one thing that helps me move forward, I'm pretty stubborn. Mm -hmm. So I'm the kind of person, like I said, you know, I've made a, I made a lot of changes and Dr. Wall's diet was very hard. I went all in because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be on this medication for the rest of my life. I was not even 30 yet, and my quality of life was continuing to decrease. Mm -hmm. I was having relapses still happening. They weren't every six months like they used to be, but now I was at the point where the symptoms weren't going away. Mm. I had initially was considered relapsing, remitting, which is where a flare-up happens, you get symptoms, and then they go away until another flare-up happens and the symptoms come back. But I was moving towards a time, it's secondary progressive, I think it's called, and where you have a relapse, but things don't completely go away. And so you're always living with symptoms. And I was like, this isn't cool. I, I don't want this for the rest of my life. And when I saw her video about how she got out of her wheelchair, I was like, I don't care what this takes. I'm going to do it. And so wow. I pulled out a lot. And for a lot of people, that's too much. And that's why I said, and a lot of people look at me too, and they see like, yes, I'm living completely, I don't consider myself to have MS anymore. Many will argue me on that, but I haven't had any symptoms or any MS type reactions in so long that I don't think it's a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And that can be overwhelming if you're someone that's at the start of the journey to look at someone who's completely reversed it. But again, like what's one small thing that you can do today? that can start you moving in the right direction. Right? So once you decided, like once you said, I'm all in, what did you do? I completely like uprooted my diet. I cut out all processed foods. I had to learn how to cook things. Um, I got rid of all sugar, all legumes, all grains, all uh, nightshades. Like oh I basically gosh. was eating meat vegetables a little bit of fruit and some nuts and seeds and that was it from a diet of like i used to eat multi-grain cheerios for dinner every night and oh. i used to eat a lot of processed foods so it was like a drastic change mm. for me. and how long did you know once you started that 
how long did you it take for you to feel a difference? My energy started to change right away because I went into this and said to myself, I'm going to give it a 30 day try. Okay. 30 days. I can commit for 30 days. And after 30 days, I never went back. Wow. My energy changed enough. It was the first time with all of the different meds I'd taken and all of the different disease modifying drugs that I'd taken. It was the first time I started to feel things move in the right direction. And I was like, I'm not stopping. That's amazing. And how did you get the right mindset to move forward like that? Um, When you've been feeling like crap for a long time and everything that you've been trying has not been working for a long time and something does, how do you stop? Right. Right. What was your, what were your family and friends saying to you? Like when you were like, I'm trying this for 30 days. (laughs) This was back before, like this was 2011, I believe when I started making changes. So this was before you could go to the restaurant and they expected you to make modifications. And (laughs) there was a whole gluten-free aisle in the store. And before (laughs) people thought I was a weirdo. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care. I've been a weirdo. That's great. I think I want to just, you know, just take a second. I think people do fear how other people are going to perceive them. It does feel weird. Even now there are so much more, there is much more awareness and there's much more accommodations for sure about ingredients, about gluten-free, grain-free. Although a lot of restaurants, they don't know the difference between grain-free and gluten-free. <laughs> I'm like, that's has gluten in it. <laughs> they, they don't, yeah. un, they don't understand the difference, but you're right. There's a, there's a big difference since 2011, but when you're feeling better, I guess I would say to somebody, you know, think about yourself in that situation and not what others think of you mm-hmm. because the benefit would but be amazing. Is, yeah, that's totally true. It is hard though. You have to plan everything and every event and every situation. (laughs) It is. But you know, another helpful tip is to find people that are doing that. So you do feel connected to people. There are natural groups or, you know, whatever you're going through, whatever that one step you pick is, you can find people that are doing that and find some comfort in there and connection. A group. Did you have anybody in 2011? the okay so like you said you can find the groups that was definitely one thing that was hard to in a sense of belonging because when i made changes i saw a lot of transition in the circles where i was accepted yeah i was in a lot of ms support groups facebook was wonderful when i discovered that they have support groups but i went through this transition where i started to change my diet i wasn't a nutritionist yet i wasn't pitching anything I was just saying like, hey, I've made some changes to what I'm eating and I'm feeling better. And I was rejected hardcore in those groups. I was kicked out of, I think every MS support group that I was in. And when you learn what the support actually is, they support you in staying stuck. They support you in staying in the same place. And I started to notice the posts that were happening in this group where people were like, oh, I went on this new medication. And then there's like 80 comments that are like, congratulations, yay for you. And I was like, okay. And then I'm just saying, you know, I've 
I stopped eating sugar and I'm feeling so much better or I stopped eating processed foods and I'm feeling so much better. And people were like, you're preying on these poor, innocent people. What? <laughs> no, no, that's not my intention at all. This I'm is a daily, a probably a daily conversation of Robin being in because same like autism in the groups and you will put up, you know, Hey, let's look at this as far as the diet. And people are like, ah, 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 you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It is so it's crazy. And I don't, I don't know what psychologically, I'm sure there's a term for how all that happens, but, um, but it's amazing that you didn't let that deter you number one. And then number two, you ended up making a career out of helping people like, and, and pouring goodness into them. So kudos yeah. to you. Okay. Go back. Yeah. Let's go back to after the 30, like, yeah. let's go back to the 30 days. So tell us after the 30 days, well, the 30, it was hard. I had to cut out so many different things, but yeah, yeah. I started to have more energy. And then what, the hardest symptom that I had through all of it was the cognitive challenges. Like I said, I still was smart in my head, but I couldn't, the connection between my head and my mouth, there was like a short circuit. And so I'd be thinking something and it was on point, but then I'd try and communicate it to someone and it was like mm. just a mess coming out of my mouth. Mm. And I was a retail manager at the time. And I remember people would call the manager to front cash or whatever for a customer service issue. And the, the customer would look at my sales associate and be like, this is your manager? Because I just sounded like an idiot. You start to feel dumb when your brain and mouth don't work together properly. So when that started to change, that was huge for me too. And in 2016, I had switched meds a couple times throughout my journey as well. Some were worse than others. Um, but I was also at the point where I wasn't injecting anymore. I was on an oral medication, but that was making the cognitive challenges worse than it, they'd ever been, I think. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing the medication. I've been eating different for a couple of years now and feeling better, but I need to test this and see, Wow, is, is this the solution? Right. Okay. So did. You just went off of it. This is not a recommendation for anyone. Right. <laughs> just sharing my personal experience. Yes. Thank you. I always give that disclaimer because you have to do what's right for you. And this is just what I did for myself. I stopped, I weaned myself off and stopped taking the medication. Mm. And I went to my doctor and I had an, an annual checkup as I always did, which of course you were allowed to bring like one or two questions to your annual checkup. That's a whole different <laughs> story. Um, and he said, like, you seem like you're, you're pretty good. And like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I, I stopped taking the medication. And he was like, you're playing Russian roulette with your health was exactly what he said to me. And he's like, well, then what are you doing instead? And I said, I've changed my diet and I'm feeling better. And he said, I don't know anything about that. That was a big like, okay, we need to do something different. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That is, that is incredible. They have just that, the bravery that you um, showed at going to that appointment I mean, I remember going to different appointments uh, with my kids. And when I started 
becoming aware of, you know, the positive things that we could do and, you know, finding out that some uh, vaccines or whatever weren't as necessary as I had thought. And I did the research and I would go in with even notes mm -hmm. and how the doctor could disarm me and just like that. And I would crumble because I was like, oh my gosh. So kudos to you that you went in there and you were like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I did. And um, to not have that pressure of like that Russian roulette, you know, comment totally mess you up. Like that's, that's amazing. I think in a way I was testing the waters mm -hmm. to see how he would respond to it too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Like, are you open to this? Are you open right. to having a conversation around this? And it, he shot me down mm -hmm. and I did go back a year later and my spouse, Amanda came with me on the the next appointment as well. And I was totally different at that point. It'd been a year since I was on the medication, off the medication. I'd been eating, following kind of a keto diet for about a year and was way different. My vision had improved. My balance and coordination had improved. My cognitive had completely improved. I had so much more energy. I was sleeping better. Like there were so many things that improved. And he was just like, wow what is going on with you? And I said, I told you, I came off the medication and I changed my diet. And I had mentioned keto to him the time before and he didn't know anything about it. And at this point he was like, I've heard of that. My brother's doing that and has lost weight. So there was a shift in the interaction with the doctor at that point, but you can't let that stuff stop you or slow you down when a doctor you know, says that they don't understand what you're doing or that they don't agree with what you're doing. It just means that that practitioner can't help you continue to move forward. It doesn't mean that no one can. Right. And yeah. That's and, you know, I have actually never said this, so this might be shocking to you, but um, I know. So when we took Jonathan to the doctor and hopefully you are, you guys already know our healing story or how we started using essential oils. But when we took him to that developmental pediatrician, I asked them about the vetiver essential oil because I had knew nothing about it. And I, my dad's a pharmacist, like I had no knowledge. And she, I think that when we went for our follow-up, I told her I was using it because we didn't mm -hmm. accept the medication. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, oh, I've heard that work sometimes, but it will stop working. Wow. And I was like, I, okay. I, I didn't even know what to do with that. I mean, I didn't really let it influence me, but it was kind of shocking to me. I mean, yeah. nobody talked about this oil. Right. Nobody will say that it oh, yeah. fixes anything or yeah. anything like that. But I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it is interesting because it can cast some doubts and, you know, we are constantly, we need to be very careful about who we surround ourselves, you know, with on this journey, on our health journey, because if you are not surrounded by the supportive people that are like, wow, um, you are making changes, you are feeling better, I believe you, and I support you. And that's fascinating. And, you know, how can I, you know, share your story and help other people? Um, because that would be those, the ideal. Yeah, those are the people that we must be surrounded by on this health journey and not the ones who are like, you know, if you don't buy into this, you know, sick model, 
<laughs> and do what we're doing, then get out. So when you saw the doctor the second time, um, did he say, and you know, he did acknowledge the keto, but did he say that he was going to parlay that information to other people? No. Okay. No. I, was just, I was just wondering. He said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. Which was good to hear. I did appreciate yeah. that. Uh, and he said, I don't really need to see you anymore. And I was like, perfect. Because I don't want to go for annual MRIs anymore and go through all this stuff. But it's also like, yeah, like, why are you not sharing this with people? And I get that they aren't educated around nutrition. I know that doctors don't spend a lot of time on nutrition to begin with. I don't know that I have a hard time appreciating that they're just like, well, okay. You know, it, yeah. why not learn more about that? I guess they have so much to do, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, the point of this conversation is not to bash doctors at all. It's it, I think though, it's just identifying a missing link in healthcare. It really is a missing link. And I've seen that so many times with nutrition and, you know, I get really upset seeing these kids on the spectrum um, and actually all kids and we expect them to behave and we expect them to think and focus, but we're giving them, you know, red dye and sugar and processed foods. And how, how is it logical to even think that their cells, if they don't eat a vegetable at all the whole day, how is it logical to think that they are going to function properly? I just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like that doesn't make the expectations are, they're not, they don't (laughs) make sense. Like even if without a nutrition degree, like that doesn't make sense. Right. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) So I want to ask you, since you have gone on to um, become a practitioner and you can talk about what you do uh, now and how that came about. um, But I just wanted to, uh, make people realize that you have, now you've learned so much about natural things that can support the body and make such a huge difference. Does it ever, do you ever get frustrated? Like, oh my gosh, we have the keys to the kingdom people. Like we understand what it takes. And, um, you know, are you ever like, I could have had those years back if I just would have known. And I know we can't go back in time, but do you ever get frustrated? Um, yes, there are years that would be nice to not have had to suffer like I did because there were years that were really hard. But I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't gone through that. I wouldn't have the experience that I have now to be able to share with people because I've been in the place, like I said, where it was like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the thought of doing something different was overwhelming and scary and all of those things. But I think for some people going through that is what gives them the superpower to be able to help people because Mm -hmm. I'm not just some person who's preaching, oh, you should use nutrition. Mm -hmm. I've used it. I've done it myself. You guys have done it with your children and seen a massive difference. And so it's, I think it's helpful to be able to connect with someone who's been in your shoes and who gets it, that it can be a struggle, but you can do better. You can do different things and you can feel better. And I mean, I think that's really important yeah, for the whole part of the picture. And like I started getting better and lots of friends, yes, rejected me, but you start to attract people who are like, 
whoa, why are you different? What's going on? Who is this Kate? You're a totally Mm -hmm. different person. I want to know more. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a really big part of what led me into getting into nutrition was just how many people were like, you need to tell me what you did. You need to tell me how you did it. And it was like, okay, well, I want to learn as much as I can so that I can give you the best quality support and, and information that is available. So that's cool. Were you, so you were working in retail and then that, when you went through this, you, that inspired you to go to nutrition, like tell yeah. us professionally what you were doing. I was a retail manager for 12 years ish. Um, I ran a camera store. I enjoyed it cause I've always liked helping people. So I liked to help people take better pictures. But part of me was like, this is not your purpose. There's like bigger things that you need to be doing. And the company that I worked for changed senior management and I was restructured out. I was too expensive. So they replaced me with my assistant. (laughs) And that was hard. That was a hard blow to Mm. go through because I was still like fairly new into not taking medication and still didn't totally know that I was feeling better and that I could do something different. And then I had to make a decision. What do I do next? And I went to a networking meeting and there was a nutritionist there and we talked and I was like, holy crap, this is it. This Mm -hmm. is exactly what I've been looking for. Mm. So I signed up for nutrition college like the next week. Wow. Yeah. That was the start of now a, a profession that I absolutely love helping people on a different level. So helping with That's food. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Did you, when you were going uh, through school, did you, uh, were there things that were counterintuitive or things that went against uh, what you learned? Was the doctrine any different than what you thought was the protocol for uh, letting the body heal? Um, I mean, it was holistic nutrition. So it was pretty mm-hmm. much in line with everything I still talk about, there were some things that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I think there's different ways, like not everyone's the same, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's going to be different foods that are going to be better for some people and for others, but ultimately I, it was very well done, which I thought was really cool. That's yeah. great. And do you want to talk about just a little bit? Cause now you don't really do keto, right? You kind of more carnivore. I eat what, my body likes (laughs) for the most part. Um, we still, I mean, from a keto perspective, I was kind of keto carnivore to begin with because keto now is its own section in the grocery store pretty much. Um, so it's like junk food. Keto is, is the trendy way to do things now, just because something says keto on the box doesn't mean it's healthy. Oh my gosh, Kate, I did not tell you this. I'm sorry to cut you off for one second. I like to follow keto recipes on um, social media mm-hmm. and this one person who I love watching because they, he gives me ideas. He he's it, it's upsetting because he uses things with chemicals and I'm like, okay, how, what I am always thinking, how can I version it for myself? Cause I'm not going to do that that way. But he was doing it live and somebody was commenting like, is that farm raised sa- salmon? And he's like, yeah, because I'm only doing this to taste it, not for health. <laughs> I, was like, what? I was really disappointed. Um, you know, I mean, he he's doing keto for health, but his recipe right. wasn't for health. And I, I would encourage everybody, like every 
all those things do matter. They do. I was just a little shocked. So yes, like I feel like just like vegan or vegetarian or um, even organic, people think if it has some of these these hot words that it is healthy, you still have to read the ingredients. You have to see if the ingredients match whatever diet you're following because it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. True. And some people will be like, well, how do you know what your body wants? So how, how do you know what your body wants, Kate? Um, I use quantum nutrition testing is ah. part of it. Like my spouse and I both are practitioners. So we're able to test each other to see if something's coming up. Like if I wake up and I'm bloated or I'm having days where I've got digestive things, I want to know why. And that yeah. could be because I sit in front of this thing all mm -hmm. of the time. That's right. a problem sometimes in terms of there's EMF a lot in our house and that can be a problem, but the food can be a problem too, mm -hmm. right? And so if there's adjustments that need to be made in the diet, then that's definitely one thing we like to look at. But I mean, how we eat now, it's we're whole foods as much as possible. Yes, organic still has chemicals in it, but it has less chemicals. Mm -hmm. So ultimately finding you know the best that's gonna suit you, anything that comes in a box, is going to have chemicals in it for the most mm -hmm. part, right? So, you know, we buy fresh steaks, fresh ground beef, um, fresh vegetables from time to time and fruits. And it's all about like as minimally processed as possible is basically what I've been doing for almost 20 years now through the different phases of my MS journey. I just wow. don't know, right? So. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth it. A lot of times we do get to the point, especially when you get older, it's like, yep, not worth that. Not worth the the pain and uh, suffering it's going to cause after I put that in my mouth. You know, no. like, no, but people are shocked. Like when I had my birthday and I didn't eat cake or Ella had her birthday party and I didn't eat any sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like, why aren't you having a piece of cake? I'm like, because it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Like what? Why? I'm like, because it suppresses my immune system and I really want to be healthy. They're like, oh, okay. Like most people just think about calories. Right. Yes. Um, like if they don't eat cake, it's usually about calories. Right. But I am like, no, I don't want the sugar because of the, how it affects my body yeah. in general. Like I don't. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Wow. Right. That takes a lot. You, or are you feeding your bugs? Oh yeah, right. That's good. I love that. Thing. And when she, when Kate's saying bugs, she's meaning parasites. Oh, right. So, um, you know, when you eat sugar or anything that turns into sugar, it feeds your parasites, and it's kind of like this cycle. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I love, that. I love that quote. Can can we use that quote on one of ours? We could we could put her name on. <laughs> um, I love that because we Robin likes to put little quotes out on. Um, just little snippets to help people. And that is so true because some people will be like, wait, bugs, what are you talking about? There's, I have bugs inside of me. Like <laughs> to me, that could be mind blowing. Um, but a lot of times they are, you know, one of the root causes of things, you know, that are happening to us. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us, tell us what you're doing now. You said that you're mostly in front of the screen. So how do you help people uh, day to day? So, yes, I have a practice that's all virtual now through 2020. That's when I really got into coaching people online. And then in last year, so 2022, 
we added quantum nutrition testing to our practice and to the way that we're able to help people find the root cause of their health and help them move forward. And so, yeah, I've been helping people virtually all over North America for the last coming up on a year, which has been amazing. And yeah, all of our, our sessions are on the phone or on the computer. And so I do spend a lot of time, time in front of this thing, but um, it's the changes that we're able to help people with has been so empowering and I totally love it. That's awesome. And Kate has her own podcast. Um, what is it called? Limitless Health. Limitless Health that she does with Amanda, her business partner and partner. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd say that, right? Um, All right. Well, are there any parting comments you would like to say to people? Maybe if somebody is struggling with their health, maybe if they think they have MS, Mm -hmm. what would you, how would you, what wisdom would you impart to them? I mean, if you're struggling with your health, I know it depends on what stage you are in the journey, because we're all going to go through different stages. But just knowing that if a practitioner ever says to you, there's nothing you can do, there is always something you can do. That just means maybe that that practitioner can't help you any further, but just keep looking. Don't ever give up on yourself. I think with the medical side of things, I felt in a way like I was giving up on myself when I was just taking the medication, then taking another medication to deal with side effects, then another and another. And it, it gets to the point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. Never give up on yourself. There's always something more you can do. If you're someone who is struggling with MS or you think you have MS, you can reach out to me anytime. I do free discovery calls and I'd be more than happy to talk you through it. But ultimately, you're not alone and don't ever give up on yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, come to level two with me in November. <laughs> come to level, level three, three with us. us. <laughs> um, there's that too. You yes. signed up for it. So we are. Yep. We're in. Awesome. Yep. Thank All right, you. Take Kate. care. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And if you want to support our show, give us a five-star rating. To learn more about our practice, visit at thelivingtree.com.